Hello, hello. Welcome to the Back Porch Podcast. I'm Corey Dempsey, and I am here today with my good friend, Corey Schneider. And what we are going to be doing is redoing an Oscar from years past. And we're going to be doing 2011, a year that is historically one of the worst ever Oscar years. And we didn't specifically pick this to, you know, shit on it because it was so bad. It just happens to be that it was 10 years ago. Corey. How are you doing, and what are your thoughts on 2011? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, well, well, I should clarify, we're talking about 2012 Oscars, which is the movies of 2011. So Correct. just so no one's confused. Uh, how am I feeling? I mean, to this day, I, I, few wins mystify me and upset me more than the artist even existing as a movie. Um, <laughs> so that's it's a tough it's it's a, it's a tough year, like. As we, you know, I was doing the research for it and going through the different categories. It was just like, oh, the help, God, no. Like just movies that haven't aged in a way that it's almost hard to live with. But there are a couple of, you know, there were definitely a couple of movies I remembered loving um, or performances that were good. And I think looking around it, spending the time looking at what else was released that year or, you know, how, how some other films did at other award shows, you know, or, or reminding me that there were, there were some, you know, so there were some good films that I really loved from that year, but it's not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call this a banner year for film. Let's just say that. No, no, it was not. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the different categories and we are going to attempt to right some wrongs, you know, with certain rules in place, but we're going to attempt to right some wrongs and come to some sort of agreement. So basically Corey and myself, the two Corys are a two person Academy. Mm-hmm. And for this episode, we have a beer, as we always do, and what we have is Oops, I Hopped My Pants from Sand City Brewing Company in Long Island, a clear play on Oops, I Pooped My Pants, which is exactly what the Academy did this year. I feel nauseated just having heard every part of that. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. So in attempting to do this, we obviously had to go back and watch all these movies. Corey, had you seen all of them before? No, I hadn't seen all of them. I hadn't, and I refused to rewatch War Horse on, on principle, not going <laughs> to lie. I think it was one of those years where I was like, I'm going to see the Oscar movies, but it was uh, not begrudging, but just kind of like, eh, okay. So I hadn't seen five, and I just had no interest in when I went back, I was like, all right, I just got to be completist. I got to finish them all. The only one that I hadn't seen that I actually enjoyed was Margin Call. And that was quite a good movie. The rest that I had to slog through, I was just sitting there like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I watching these fucking movies? I mean, listen, I don't think as box office showed no one at the time and no one since has ever wanted to watch um, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. So, you know, you... you you took one for the team there. It, that was that was real hard. Um, so <laughs> we are going to go through the different categories and try to come to some sort of agreement. Where we're going to start is the Best Supporting Actor category. So the 2012 Oscars, representing 2011 movies. We had Kenneth Branagh for My Week with Marilyn, Jonah Hill for Moneyball, Nick Nolte for Warrior, and Max von Sydow for Extreme Loud and Incredibly Close. And the winner... Christopher Plummer for Beginners. This is one that I actually think they got right. It's the only one I think that they got right, I would say, <laughs> for the year. I think I, you know, when we first started talking about this idea, I told you I just, I love that movie. Obviously, I love Mike Mills. His his work is just, like, his movies are each, like, special and different in their own ways. And I just, I don't know. Like, I remember, I remember actually being in the theater when I watched it. I think I saw this one, like, went on my own on, like, kind of an afternoon I maybe had off. And it was like me, there was like some older gay couple in there. There was, you know, it was a smattering <laughs> of people, but I just remember feeling like it was almost revelatory. I loved, I lo I didn't know what to expect from the movie. And I loved the Christopher Plummer story. I love that performance. I thought the movie formally is really inventive and interesting. 
Um, Ewan McGregor is like one of my longest time celebrity crushes. And I think he's like at his maximal cutest in that movie. You know, and it, it, there's a quirkiness to it, but the quirkiness that never really I found cloying. I just, it really, I just, I, I think it's a great movie and, and really emotional movie as well. It is. And it's one of those movies that kind of balances the humor with the drama and the seriousness of the story that it's telling very, very well. So like it doesn't hit you over the head with the drama and it's funny while not like taking away from anything that was kind of trying to be portrayed with that story. So this is the one that they got right. I will say I do love Jonah Hill in Moneyball. It, he's he's good in that movie. It Can't opened my it. eyes to like what he was capable of, that he didn't just have to be kind of the dude from Superbad. He could do a lot of other things. And I really also liked Nick Nolte in Warrior. Warrior is one of my favorite sports movies from the last 10 years, and Nick Nolte is dynamite. Like we said, extremely loud and incredibly close. Could do without. My Week with Marilyn. Blah. Uh mm. Mm-hmm. For me, let's get Tom Hardy for Warrior in here. He was excellent in Warrior. Yeah, I mean, I if when I when thinking of the performances, to me that felt God, they could have gone in here over other people. I think the first thing that came to mind for me was um, Albert Brooks in Drive. I don't, I, I love Albert Brooks's movies. I think he's hysterical. I've never seen him play a character like that before. That kind of villainous just like smarmy i mean smarmy is this thing but i just i loved him in that movie i thought he was so menacing and i was excited for him to see him in somebody else's film which he doesn't hasn't you know done all that often and uh i think he's just a great great villain in that movie agreed i mean the scene with him and cranston in that garage Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that one sticks with me and another one from that year that there was definitely talk about it and i cannot say disagreed at all and I don't know, he's never really been recognized for his work, but Andy Serkis in The Rise from the Planet of the Apes, obviously he's elevated what he brings to stop motion character acting. And I think his character, he's, he really creates a compelling, fully lived in, you know, character, more so actually, unfortunately, in another Matt Reeve film this year, The Batman, where I think he got, was given short shrift. He's just so good. He's so, so good in in that movie. And he, you know, in many ways is like the heart and the center of it. And I, I kind of felt like that was an overlooked performance. And I think that that's, I don't even know if Hollywood now is ready to to give attention to films like that, but it should have. I'm on, I'm on board with that. It's a, it's it's an area where I think people need to recognize that there is real work going on there. Even God, even in, you know, even as Gollum, you know, it's a, it's that same thing. He's creating yeah. a character. There's something there in the face. You can see he's doing real work. Yeah, for real. Um, all right, so let's go to best supporting actress. This category is a nightmare. <laughs> I can't. I to this day, who is Beatrice Bernice Bechol? Who is she? Where'd she go? Where'd she come from? I just, I don't get it. All valid questions. So Berenice Bejo for The Artist, uh, Jessica Chastain in The Help, Melissa McCarthy in Bridesmaids, Janet McTeer in Albert Knobs, and the winner, Octavia Spencer in The Help. I mean, I think we're going to, in a second, I think we're both going to agree on who we think should have won. I have to say Octavia Spencer is a fantastic actress. And I think she, she was, she was fantastic in The Help. Like that, it's exactly the kind of part that's the best supporting actress. But I think what bothers me about that is, and I'm sure it was actually even happening before this film, is just how many times she's kind of played that same role, even in that, the same role again, like even in The Shape of Water, it's like she's this kind of like black friend. It's like, you're in danger. You know, like we ju- she doesn't, she's too often put into that spe- specific role in a way that I find... Um, just extremely off-putting. I, I'm so happy she has an Oscar. I wish that she would be given a wider array of parts to choose from often. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. I'm happy for her. She's a great actress. But, like, I wish she didn't win for this movie because this movie right. kind of sucks and is kind of offensive. And it's just, like, it's just not a very good movie, like, period. No matter, no. like, take anything out of it, it's just not very good. So, like... Yeah. I, you know, I would I would say Chastain was also quite good. I mean, that character, yeah. it's not uh, her character was one of the more, I would say, characters with complexity, I guess, of the white characters in the book and in the movie. And she actually experienced it. She's not a static character. She's a different person 
at the end than she's in the beginning. But at the same time, it's like, just no, please. Yeah, um, I don't need more stories about white people though learning that racism's wrong. It's like, it's, it's hard. Not very interesting. It's hard. Which should have won. Oh, I think we agree here. I mean, Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids is one of the uh, just definitive comedic. And uh, she's certainly not a debut, but like debut. Who is this person? I mean, I don't. My God, I don't think. I she just I everything she did in that movie was perfect. She was so funny, and I like couldn't. I don't know. I just I. I left it just being in love with her as a, as a comedic actress. She's so, so good. Same. I mean, she is incredible. Like if you, if you could give like the breakout Oscar for like first time mm-hmm. performer, or, like, you know, mm-hmm. who made like a huge impact that wasn't really on the scene before, this would be like the quintessential thing because I had no idea who she was before this. And then she was in this movie. I'm like, my God, this, this woman is so fucking funny. She's hysterical. everything. Yeah. And, and she also kind of can carry, you know, there's emotion in this story. And she carries a really important scene where she's like giving Annie, Kristen Wiig's character, kind of a pep talk. And she gets real and she can actually like act in that scene as well. So she does everything in this movie and does it quite, quite well. I will say it made me happy that though she's made many, you know, many comedies since then and unfortunately feels bound to make the horrific movies she lets her husband direct, which is just each one of them is a bigger blight in her career. But um, I'm glad though, in a sense, it didn't ever really typecast her. Like when I think of still, you know, very happily would have given her the Oscar for, can you ever forgive me? I think there's, you know, she, she could do dramatic work as well. And you might not have known it from that performance, but she's just somebody who contains multitudes. And like, I, I wish got, more attention for really being a fantastic actress. Just a great part. Best part of that movie. Still memorable. Although I will say Rose Byrne, close second. Love her. And love her in that movie. She's wild. It's awesome. The only other person I wanted to talk about real quick, I do love Janet McTeer. And Mm -hmm. her Mm -hmm. in Ozark is unbelievable. But Albert Knobs is a terrible movie. It's... It was a tough go. It was a tough go. I feel like it was a thing that they just nominated both her and Glenn Close because they were women who were playing men who were actually women. And it was like, that was complicated for them. But yeah. And and in that time period, particularly, yeah, of course, I think, I don't know. How do you feel? I'm just thinking about some other possibilities. Carrie Mulligan for drive. Would you have, would you have singled her out for that performance? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, great performance in a good movie and that's what that's what we need i mean (laughs) truly glorious oh actually i'd say actually had a great year uh, carrie mulligan in shame also fantastic um in that movie so oh i do love shame the uh steve mcqueen one with fast well look when we get to best actor i have more to say about that (laughs) all right so let's go (laughs) to some of the rating categories we have best adapted screenplay in that we had hugo the ides of march I don't even remember that movie. Was that with Gosling? I do. It, George Clooney. I actually kind of like that movie. Oh, that was a George Clooney directed one, right? Yes, He directs sir. the most boring movies. It's He's not, I wouldn't say he has, you know, it when he were talking about the projects he selects. The, the other nominees are Moneyball and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and the winner, The Descendants. All right. Well, always happy for Alexander Payne to get recognized. I also really like Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, who mm-hmm. are a writing mm-hmm. team that contributed. They did this coming-of-age movie called The Way, Way Back, which just uh-huh. I love. Yeah, I really do. I do, too. I really like that movie. I don't know. This and the category is a little bit of a wash for me. I think visually, I think Hugo was a good movie. I certainly don't think it's the best a script by any imagination. Ides of March was fairly tense, but as you said, it was you know somewhat. It, it's a little bit by the numbers. I actually think, you know, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy was a really tightly wound, kind of pretty great thriller. I'm guessing you feel like maybe Moneyball could have won here. I personally think Moneyball should have won, yes. The way that they were able to make what's otherwise rather boring and not particularly interesting, like 
stats in baseball just two things that like Mm -hmm. what the hell but they made it actually exciting and like in a movie that kind of transcends sports in some ways it's just really about outsiders thinking outside of the box and the the challenges they face in doing that and it's wrapped up in a sports movie and done quite well so i do think as a script and as a movie it's probably my favorite from this year maybe so yes personally i would go moneyball here I would listen to The Descendants or Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yeah, I think those are the three that probably rise above here. I don't know. I feel very agnostic about this category. Kind of like happy happy for Alexander Payne. I guess I, I'd say that. But what do we decide one? Are we Ooh. keeping it with The Descendants? I mean, I'll be I'll go along with you and say Moneyball because I because I feel so kind of blah about this category. So we can say Moneyball. I appreciate your support. You can you can put that one in your back pocket if you feel strongly later. You know, I also yeah, I, I never want to encourage Aaron Sorkin to do anything because <laughs> I just can't. Not that he needs encouragement. Um, he he just he'll keep going regardless. Yeah, I think overall compelling movie. Certainly, like on the surface, not my you know quote unquote kind of movie, but I, I think it was it was good. And yeah, but let's give it to Moneyball. Why not? We'll be right. we'll be kind. I appreciate your support. Of course. In Best Original Screenplay, we have The Artist, Bridesmaids, Margin Call, A Separation, and the winner, Midnight in Paris. This is actually overall a pretty strong category. I mean, obviously, except for a silent movie. I'm not sure how a silent movie got anything (laughs) in screenplay. So I'd love to know how, why, just everything that was happening there. Um, so if let's say we throw out the artist, I'd say the other four are are strong. I mean, it was pretty much agreed upon that Midnight in Paris was kind of a return to form for Woody Allen. A separation, hands down, just one of the best films of that year. And Oscar Fahardi never goes wrong. I mean, if I was going to give it to something, truly, I would say Bridesmaids. I mean, it's from beginning to end, a hysterical movie and as much as I'm sure there's a ton of improvisation in that film, I think that, um, you know, it's also based on that script, which is just strong and funny and attracted an amazing staple of actors. You know, I think, you know, if we compare something like that to Barb and Star, go to Vista Del Mar, I, which was definitely a fun movie. You know, Bridesmaids is obviously the kind of like the pinnacle of the kind of work that Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo can do. And it's just, I don't know. Uh, but don't really hate, I, again, I like Midnight in Paris, so no, don't hate it. Obviously, there's just the complication of uh, Woody Allen. The complication of Woody Allen means I'm taking away that Oscar and I'm giving sure, it to something sure. else. I like the Bridesmaids pick. I want to give the case for Margin Call real quick. Go for it. I think Margin Call is one of those movies where the script is so tight that it makes what could be mundane quite thrilling. Mm-hmm. It's kind mm-hmm. of like the all the president's men are spotlight in that way, where it's just people going about their job, but on a very kind of extraordinary circumstance. So they end up having to portray this in a very kind of exciting way. And it pulls it off. It's like a really, really tight thriller about the financial crisis. And I'm a huge fan I also think a separation, the layers of morality and conflict that are just built into that story and script is incredible. He's, he's just, he's a brilliant filmmaker. Every movie of his does that. Like just no one's right. No one's wrong. It's just like morality play in like eight layers deep. It's really something. So Personally, I would go a separation or margin call above Bridesmaids, but I could, I'm totally fine with Bridesmaids if that's where you I guess go. Where, where I'd say with Bridesmaids is I feel that, you know, generally I think we probably both agree that it's a crime how, how little attention comedies get. Yes. Um, and a, a, a strong comedy script, like a script that produced that kind of movie is not easy to put together, right? It's, it's, I, I mean, you do make a good case for a separation, I do think J.C. Chandor is incredibly talented. I think, you know, even given that his it was his first movie and he wrote and directed, I I, I wouldn't hate that at all. You can call this one a tie. We can't have ties. I know, I know. Uh, okay, give me, between margin call and a separation, you pick, which, uh, give, pick one, and then I'll say, I'll, I'll make a final decision. 
a separation, I think. In that case, Bridesmaids a separation. Oh, separation's so good. I, I guess I'll be graduating. I'll, I'll say separation, but I would have loved to see. First of all, I just want to see Christian Wig with an Oscar for something. But uh, yeah, no, separation. It's got a movie just stays with you. It's just a great movie. It's like nearly a perfect movie. It's yeah. really, really good. I don't feel good because we just talked about overlooking comedies and now we're just overlooking a comedy, but a separation I was, is a better I, movie. It is. I wasn't trying to. I wasn't I trying. Know. Uh, no, which movie is more rewatchable though? Bridesmaids. So there you go. Definitely. Definitely. All right. We're, okay. we're sticking with we'll the separation. It. We gave we gave Bridesmaids an Oscar for Melissa McCarthy. So we took care of that. True, true, true. So we can go elsewhere and we're going with the separation for that. Now we are going to go to Best Director, and this is also a bit of a mess. <sighs> Michael Hazana Vicious, I don't know how to say his name, the artist, Alexander Payne for The Descendants, Martin Scorsese for Hugo, Woody Allen for Midnight in Paris, Terrence Malick for The Tree of Life. It's weird. It, it is like a mess, even though it has... It has names. Four- as yes, four venerable directors here. It's it is strange, and I'm just gonna wait. I just want to flip over and look at best films and say, do I think? I mean, it's a blessing that Tate Taylor was not nominated for the help. It's just, dear God, um, he's not a very good filmmaker. I've not seen anything sure of his that I like. <laughs> Actually, I kind of liked Ma. That was kind of good. Well, that's a whole. That's a whole. <laughs> now talk about the movie Octavia Spencer should have should won have an won Oscar for. for. <laughs> that is, it's five o'clock somewhere. Ha. <laughs> She's so good. It's also a blessing that Steven Spielberg was not nominated for a war, for war oh, Dear God. So um, there are many directors based on, you know, my list of other movies I think were left out that I would have loved to see in here. And we'll talk about that in a second. Let's think about this one. Clearly we would not have given it to the artist because that just doesn't make sense in any world. Again, the movie shouldn't have existed. It's it's hard to it's hard to underscore how problematic I think that movie is. It's just a movie built around a gimmick, and it's not particularly interesting. And it's boring as fuck. Yeah, I I literally never ever not off during movies, and that was that was a tough one. I nodded um, off for the entire middle section of the movie, and then like kind of didn't, back. and it didn't matter. Just didn't matter. You know, no. you came back, and it's like it still. He's still like we're still silent. <laughs> Yeah, he's still tap dancing his way with the dog. Um, Oh, the dog was really good. If we could nominate anyone, I'd nominate the dog. By far the best part of that movie. Oh, sure. Um, Let's see here. Love Alexander Payne. Don't think this sentence is his best movie. Understand why people kind of were taken with that movie. It's the least, it's, you know, one of his less off-putting works, I guess we could say. Not Not off-putting. Yeah. Uh, Martin Scorsese, I feel like that was just like a, Hey, he's Martin Scorsese. I do think Hugo's a beautiful movie. Um, and and the Academy are, if nothing, suckers for movies about movies. Very and true. so it was like they couldn't they couldn't control themselves. And I'll say that I'm not a fan of doing this just to do it. And this maybe is the best of this film, but Malik still does not have a best director Oscar. And outside of this movie, the only other time. He was directed, I think, might have been for the Thin Red Line, um, yes. which is kind of crazy. So, if I was going to give it some to somebody, I'd kind of probably just give it to Malik because, I mean, he has to kind of be recognized as this, you know, seminal director that he is. Yeah, in a category that's kind of full of shit like this, um, I would go with The Tree of Life, even though it's a movie that I probably will never watch again. But it you was see that dinosaur. <laughs> but it was quite an achievement i will say that like objectively Mm -hmm. taking my Mm -hmm. own enjoyment out of it like it's a very beautifully made movie that i never want to watch again (laughs) and since there's nothing else really here fine um any any other anybody you'd like to see in this category in the mix nicholas winding ref and for drive i couldn't agree more steve mcqueen for shame Steve McQueen for every movie he directs. Yes. Those are the two that immediately jumped to mind. I would say the one of the movies that stood out to me, I would have loved to see the movie weekend actually recognize and how Andrew Hayes direction and writing of that movie was just, Oh, it's just great. I think weekend is an amazing movie. I really do. And 
I don't know that I would have gone for screenplay for it, but for, as director, I just think he directed a beautiful movie. I don't think I've ever seen that. What's it called? Weekend? Yeah, it's his project before looking. It's like how he is. Oh. In a, it's it's literally, you, you can watch, it's 90 minutes. You can watch it quickly, but it's it's literally about uh, these two two guys in London meet. It's about the weekend they spend together and uh, kind of debating it, how, how much they're ready for commitment and all these other things. It's a beautiful a little, like a before sunset kind of vibe a little bit a little bit it does have that i the idea there i couldn't recommend it more highly i think i think you'll love the movie it's and the, the performances of the two lead actors are wonderful and in a sense you kind of like see okay how did this this how that movie gave us looking and obviously um andrew hayes been on in all kinds of other directions since then in surprising ways but um in you know some of his tv work but I feel like this movie is like, you know, that seminal statement from a young director that just feels like from their heart. I'll definitely give that one a shot. If we could give it to anyone since we didn't feel like we just kind of gave it to Terrence Malick because that was there. If you could give it to anyone, who would it be? Uh, I think I'm going to I might go on record and say I think I might give it to Mike Mills for beginners. I love Mike Mills. I love Mike Mills. That movie is distinctive. It is it kind of introduced us and, and taught us how to understand his style. And I think the movie is just, you know, besides being incredibly idiosyncratic, I want to say something more than beautiful. It's just different. And it's a special movie. I think it's a special movie. Agreed. If I could give it to anyone, I would probably go Nicholas Winding Ruffin for Drive. That's a pretty good choice. Although I've had kind of a complicated relationship with his movies more recently well obviously because only god forgives and the neon demon were both a movie that's just like so much style and absolutely no substance so yeah then i was like 100 agree so then i was reconsidering my feelings about drive and like do i actually like drive but then i went back and rewatched it and i was like yeah drive drive kicks it's fucking sick you, you like drive let's not lie and also <laughs> has ever there has ever there been a better soundtrack i don't know no no i do, i really don't think so it's just in that jacket i mean gosling it's gosling at its hottest there's just so much that's right about that movie yes agreed so we are giving it to malik officially given our rules that we made up, but in our hearts, it's Mike Mills and Nicholas Winding Refn. 100%. We are going to go to Best Actress now. Yikes. Uh, people, people. <laughs> I First of all, one of the greatest crimes of all time is committed in terms of this category and its winner. But when I say, my God, has there ever been a weaker, more upsetting, please give women better roles category? It has to be what this we're seeing in one. 2012. This is a disaster left, right, and center. <laughs> so we have Glenn Close for Albert Knobs, Viola Davis for The Help, which she's good in it, but as we've discussed, The Help is bad. Rooney Mara and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Michelle Williams in My Week with Marilyn, and the winner, Meryl Streep for The Iron Lady. I, I, what the Iron Lady to me is one of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen. I think this was obviously a Meryl nominated just to, to nominate her, and then it just went too far and she won. And listen, and you look at these other roles, and there's nothing crazy strong here. Obviously, Viola Davis, really great in the help, but she herself has said she is thankful she did not win an Oscar for that movie. Isn't even sure she's happy she made that movie. My contention for this for this year would, would be to say that this would have been the year I just would have given it to poor Glenn Close. You know, like none of these are great movies, let's say. And I think, you know, we obviously have this perennial, like this train wreck that is Glenn Close still not having an Oscar. She should have won it, obviously, for something like Dangerous Liaisons like 20 yes. years earlier. But um, I will say kind of like we had... Uh, like Jessica Chastain with the eyes of Tammy Faye this year. This is a movie that Glenn Close fought for years and years to make. It was really a labor of love. She's obviously an amazing fucking actress. I I give it to her just because I don't even know what's happening here. Yes, I'm probably going to agree with you. I will make the case that the girl with the dragon tattoo is kind Ooh. of a marvel. Is it? Is it though? It kind of is because it made a hundred million dollars at the box office and it includes a rape 
a revenge rape, and a torture scene to Enya. Those things exist in that movie, and it made $100 million. That's kind of remarkable, and Rooney Mara is good in it. So, I mean, the Maras are not my favorite actresses. I don't find that they have the ability to emote, which I suppose is less of a problem than the girl in the dragon tattoo, because I would say Elizabeth Salander is not a, not an emoter. Um, no. Just like Rooney Mara, I don't... That, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see one of them. Oh, I would say Kate in Brokeback Mountain could kind of act a little bit in the brief part she was in. But I'm just waiting to see a movie that proves to me that either of them has any ability to. What about what about Rooney Mara and Carol? You know what? I, I this controversially. I like Carol. I didn't love Carol. I think she's okay. fine. I, I think she doesn't. It's like she always seems a little bit bored to be there on the screen. Like she's not, I don't feel like there's a, I don't, she, I don't find her charismatic at all. So, and I feel that for both of them. I think Kate Mara, I probably like a little bit more. Um, and I just think, no, a person who chooses to spend her life with Joaquin Phoenix and all they can do is talk about fucking veganism. Like that tells you everything you need to know about Rudy Mara. <laughs> You make a good case. All right, I mean, so we are we are begrudgingly giving this to Glenn Close. I don't feel good about it. You don't feel good about it, but Glenn Close does deserve an Oscar, and nothing else here makes me want to give it to anyone else. So I guess are there are there any other movie would performances we would like would have liked to see here? Uh, for leading actress, no. <laughs> Everything Mm -hmm. like all the Mm -hmm. movies that I like like from this year only have women in supporting parts, and maybe that's a problem with me. But I think it's a problem with the movies that got made. I'm not going to disagree with you there. Um, I think, gosh, I think I I, well, I will say she was quite good, and I have just a preference for anything she does. I think that Till Swinton and we need to talk about Kevin. Was she's excellent? She's just. I don't think I've ever seen her be bad in anything. Um, always but up I think, for Tilda Swinton. Oh, I mean, always up for Tilda Swinton. But to me, the number one snub, don't understand how people didn't realize this was like, this performance is everything and iconic. Charlize Theron and Young Adult. She's so good in that oh, movie. Oh, yeah. That's a great poll. I would have given poll. her the Oscar. She's, what? She's. I mean, listen, she has it for more serious roles and, you know, I get that and monster and all that, but my God, she good in young adult. She is, she is like the Uber bitch and I love her for it. That was the, Ooh, actually yes. this might be controversial. I hope Emma so. stone and crazy, stupid love. Is she, oh, an, is oh. that leading? Ah, uh, it's, it's Who's kind of an mom? ensemble piece, right? Who plays know. the mom in it? Is it Julia Moore? Uh, yeah. God, that's a hard call. You could call it that. I actually do. I agree. I actually secretly like that movie. Again, I love that go- movie. It's Goss- great. Goss- great year for Gosling. Great year for Gosling. Pete Gosling. Uh, God, that is a really good question. I wouldn't bother recognizing She was great. She was great in that movie. They were all really good. They were all fun. Oh, you know, actually, actually, I just found it. I found the one. Kirsten Dunst and Melancholia. I was I have to say I was really surprised the movie and she had not come up yet so I was I was kind of waiting for you to bring it up I, I had to go to my list of movies and scroll yeah melancholia that I think that's the one for me if I could give it to anything Kirsten Dunst and melancholia I think I might stick I I, I love that and I am an avowed uh Kirsten Dunst um fan but yeah, if we did give it to Glenn Close, who please just give that woman her Oscar. <laughs> she did the butt for us last year. I mean, they even nominated her for the uh, god awful JD Vance movie. Like it, that's got that stuff's got to end. Um, yeah, but actually, I just because you know going back to our comedies need to be recognized. I think Charlie Theron is like revelatory and just wonderful young adult. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind, I, I wouldn't mind her or. Uh, all right so glenn close officially gets her oscar from us but if we could have given it to anyone kirsten dunce and Charlize theron mm-hmm. we are going to best actor also not a great category jean de jardin won for the artist which is clearly oh. getting taken away because fuck that movie a better life damien bashir 
George Clooney for The Descendants, Gary Oldman in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and Brad Pitt in Moneyball. You know where I'm going here. Obviously. What's the case for something else? <laughs> oh, it's a tough one. I actually, I, I liked Clooney in The Descendants. I thought, you know, he was just playing Clooney in that movie. But I think... Clooney's often playing Clooney, but I don't, I'm, I'm here for it. Because I mean, it was, there was depth, depth to that. There's depth was. to that role. Again, Jean Dujardin doesn't talk in The Artist. <laughs> so I'm not makes goofy sure faces. why and oh, all that dancing. Um, I want to say Gary Oldman was really excellent in Tinker, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. You know, obviously he won in the last few years for Darkest Hour. And so whatever, it's fine. He got his Oscar. I liked Brad Pitt and Bunny Well, I, I don't know that. I think he was, for me, that was one of those movies where he was a charismatic, but I don't know if it was like a acting tour de force, right? Like, whereas in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he was just, just amazing. Like, you couldn't take your eyes off him. He was, he brought so much to that film. And, um, and sure, was that a win just because they finally wanted to give Brad Pitt a win? Yes. But I just don't feel that, like, as somebody who really can act and he, he really he truly can. I don't know that Moneyball is like his greatest performance. I agree with that. I don't think it's his greatest performance, but I think of these nominees, Brad Pitt in Moneyball is certainly my favorite. He's so funny and so charismatic. The scene where he just like is snapping at Jonah Hill to talk and he's like, oh, do you want me to talk now? Just a lot of really funny, nuanced stuff. And I mean, so yeah, I, I want to give it to Brad Pitt. I would hear... Gary Oldman. I would also hear George Clooney. Oh no, man! This is a toughie. Nobody, nobody can maybe just get rid of the category for this year. Like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. Let's see. What did Clooney actually eventually win Best Actor for? Gravity? No. No, no. He was like a ghost in that movie. Clooney did not win for Michael Clayton. Wilkinson won, and Tilda Swinton won. I think. Um. Oh, Seriano. Okay, well, then I would probably give it to him for this sentence. Then. Um, I don't know. You know what? I, I'll just go with you on this one just because I really I can't even acknowledge what's happening. I appreciate your money ball. You, you let me get money ball multiple Oscars. You, know, you can have it. It's okay. You can have it. So if I'm going outside this category, I do have a couple. Gosling and Drive, Fassbender and Shame. Oh, 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 sorry. Yeah, that my number one nomination is actually just Michael Fassbender's penis in this category. <laughs> I've been, it's like the thing I've been most excited to talk about this whole, this whole episode is, my God, was that penis doing uh, not only work in that movie, but it's been doing work in uh, my fantasies for years since then. So, God damn. But yeah, he's actually, he's great in that film. I mean, he's always, almost always quite good. I mean, actually, in that same year, he was great in X-Men First Class. Like, he's just a, he he's good, he's a good actor. The only other one I have for you, and I'll, I'll accept pushback, but I want to throw it out there. Joseph Gordon-Levitt in 50-50? You know, 50-50 came up a lot in the research for, like, movies that were snubbed that year. I think movies horrific. Um, just schmaltzy and silly. I love JGL. I'd love to see him get recognized or, you know, be, be in more, pro like if I was going to give him an Oscar, I would have given it to 50 days, uh, 500 days of summer rather. Like he's fantastic. And he really shows you like what a romantic lead and a romantic comedy is in that movie. I don't know that 50, 50 was his best work, All right, but I'll I hear you. I hear you. You know, you, you could have, I like 50, 50, but hurt my feelings a little bit calling it awful, but it's not, it's not, anyone's best work there i would say I, that i had thought i had thought about gosling but in a way how much is he acting in that movie he's not he's just being brooding he's like literally <laughs> just it. james dean standing on the screen not so sure he's doing much no and it's delightful and i love it but from from an acting standpoint no i think if we're giving it to anyone it's michael fassbender and his penis oh my god yes please for it's it, he's given us yeah he gave us so much so brad pitt wins officially because he was actually nominated but in our hearts it's Mas michael fassbender and in Corey's mind it's his penis uh yeah it is all right so to give a recap so far we have given oscars to 
We kept Christopher Plummer in Beginners. He still gets his Oscar. In Best Supporting Actress, Melissa McCarthy now has an Oscar for Bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. Best Adapted Screenplay, Corey let me give it to Moneyball. I greatly appreciate it. Best Original Screenplay, we gave it to A Separation, Asghar Farhardi. Best Actress, begrudgingly gave it to Glenn Close. Best Actor, Brad Pitt. Best Director, Terrence Malick for The Tree of Life. And we are finally on to Best Picture. Oh, wait, a couple a couple thoughts first before we get there. That I just can't believe we haven't made fun of this yet. That how many people were up in arms about Leo not getting direct, uh, nominated for J. Edgar, which is a horrific movie Terrible. on every level. And the idea that it would have been, I mean, it's about an Oscar, it's about a, as an Oscar movie as so many of the pieces of crap that we've been talking about. But oh my God, what a horrible, what a horrible performance in a horrible, horrible movie. So it just, it kills me that people thought he was snubbed. Um, that he was not snubbed. It's a terrible movie. Ugh. Just a, a disturbing movie. Um, you know who supporting actress though, who we didn't talk about, but you know, gave us a lot with so much, so little. What if Beltrone Contagion? Yes, please. <laughs> I was actually going to throw that out there, but like you know what 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 wasn't she giving us in that movie? Although I actually you know I do love Kate Winslet in that movie. I always love Kate Winslet, but and uh, listen, good. looking at it from twenty twenty two, obviously that movie should be lifted up is is uh, prophetic. Yes, very. All right, so we are going to go to the big category, best picture. The artist won in, I mean, <sighs> is it the worst win ever? Is it? Uh, well, I would say the artist, no, Green Green Book and Driving Miss Daisy. It's, I will put in the top five worst. Like at least, I would say at least the artists had pretensions of art, of art history. Not that, you know, resonated with me or most human beings. Um, but I don't know, Green Book, man. Like, there's just there are there are other questionable wins in this world, and that is certainly one of them. Definitely, honestly, I'd rather watch Green Book again than The Artist. Like, no, no, no. Least, I'll give you that. At least Mahershala and like Vigo are like charming and charismatic together. Okay, okay, and they have I'll chemistry. Give you that. <laughs> like The Artist, I'm just no. It's awful. So the artist won. The other nominees were The Descendants, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, The Help, Hugo, Midnight in Paris, Moneyball, The Tree of Life, and War Horse. Ugh. I mean, what's happening in this category? Uh... All right, so let's get this out of the way. No Chance, The Artist, No Chance, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, No Chance, The Help, No Chance, War Horse. I mean... Your from your mouth to God's ears. God, what is this list of movies? It's just upsetting. So the remaining ones that have a chance: The Descendants, Hugo, Midnight in Paris, which I would personally cut off, but I'll listen to it. Eh, it was a it wasn't a bad movie. I'm not going to say it's a bad movie. Moneyball and the Tree of Life. Well, I think by the standards of wait, we said we give it to Malik, right? We did give best director to Malik. I do feel that, you know, I have my theory of best film should often be the best director winner of, of this list. I'm going to have to say, like, literally none of them. I, I would say it's impossible to award any of these. I, I suppose I would give it to Tree of Life, perhaps, because of uh, Malik. I mean, there's nothing particularly well-directed. Again, Moneyball, good movie, effective movie, is it, you know, it's directing is fine this is impossible like a truly impossible category with just like i would just it's it's a shit pile of movies what else i mean not the descendants was a really perfectly good movie but it's not the best film of any year i would give it to moneyball or the tree of life those are my two sure of all of these that i would accept Moneyball is a movie that i revisit often and watch often but i also absolutely hear you that this movie really hinges on writing and performances rather yeah. than anything yeah. like particularly visual. So I get that, but movies need to be entertaining and the tree of life is not and Moneyball is. So that is my argument. <laughs> if, and if not entertaining, I guess they have to, I don't know, do something. Yeah. Make you feel something, which Malik's film actually makes me feel pretty cold and empty. Canton. Well, that's, I think that might just be his thing. If you think about it. Yeah. This is a toughie. I mean, I, I guess I'm going to go Tree of Life. 
because of Malik. Let him have his let him have his moment. I accept, but, and since you let me get Moneyball so many other Oscars, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Tree of Life here. Listen, I've I've never felt more ambivalent about anything in my entire <laughs> life. Just so listeners know, I really pushed for the 2002 Oscars for this because I just felt like, my God, what a better year. I looked at that and I also felt icky about that one. There was like really two movies that I liked out of that crop. Interesting. Anything we would have liked to see in here, knowing that we had 10 spots or yeah, we could have had 10 spots. Yeah. So I'm fine with Tree of Life, Moneyball, Hugo, and The Descendants. So we'll keep those, but that leaves four spots that we could replace. I'm replacing one of those spots, Shame. We talked about oh, it a lot. 100%. Oh, yeah. We, and we, we said Steve McQueen also as director. Could have been yes. wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Drive, I'm putting in there. I, I, I would give you, I definitely agree with Drive. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. <laughs> okay, we're not going to go down that road, but okay. I can't get it. Or Fast Five. <laughs> no, because I'm going to, I'll tell you, I, I have a block, I have one or two blockbusters in mind that I actually think were genuinely better. I actually, still one of my favorites. I think stylistically, I love what it did. It was, I, I love Captain America First Avenger, a really good movie. Shockingly, only a two hour movie as opposed to whatever's happening now with uh, action films. So if I was going to put like a best, you know, popular film in there, I really, I really liked um, Captain America, the first Avenger. I just remember like being excited by it uh, when I was watching it in the theater. Same goes, I, hard to say, I don't know, certainly not best film, but good performances. X-Men First Class, which we kind of mentioned before, um, has, has my girl Rose Byrne in there doing a lot, has um, Fassbender. And I'm, of course, partial to almost any movie that somehow works the Holocaust into it because, you know, it's inborn. If I'm if I'm allowing one blockbuster, I'd go X-Men first class. I'll take that. I will say, you know, who we didn't talk about for supporting actor who but who is eating up that movie is Kevin Bacon. My God, my God. He, is, <laughs> he is having the time of his life in that movie. Um, and we'll, we, how can we forget the, the great work of January Jones? turning into diamond and then not diamond, but is there a better metaphor for who she is as an actress? So we're replacing shame is getting a nomination. Drive is getting a nomination. X-Men first class is getting a nomination. We have one other that we can throw in there. I don't know that I would disagree perhaps with something like a contagion. It's really tightly made movie. It's really, it, it accomplishes what it wants to accomplish. Scaring the absolute living shit out of us. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the fourth spot should go to beginners. Yeah, it's surprising that, yeah, I mean, as, as just as I wanted Mike Mills to win, I agree. A beginner should be in there. There's really no question. All right. That's what we're replacing. We're replacing Warhorse, The Help, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, and The Artist with Shame, Drive, Beginners, and X-Men First Class for our one blockbuster representation. Oh, wait. Could we have put Bridesmaids in there for the comedy? I would put Bridesmaids in there, yes. I mean, that's a great i mean as we already discussed great 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 comedy so all right let's take out midnight in paris and let's replace it with bridesmaids better comedy anyway agree and you know what actually now that we're talking about it what's not in there but probably in like a year like year now it would have been is a separation clearly should have also been in contention for best picture yes absolutely all right so we have redone these oscars and we just talked a lot about how the oscars get it wrong so, Corey, what I want to ask you now is when did the Oscars get it right? The three times that the Oscars got it the most right in your mind. So essentially your three favorite best picture winners. What do you got? OK, tough. This is so tough. And, you know, when we discussed doing this whole thing, we talked about also the you know challenges of how this is. It is, you know, incredibly subjective, this category. And like, do you go with um do you go with um, one favorites or ones that you think were truly, you know, cinematic achievements? So it's a hard one. I have a long list and my number one, not, this is really in no particular order. The first I choose is all about Eve. I think that movie is amazing. I mean, I think I'm not the only one, obviously, who thinks it's amazing. It's Betty Davis at her best. It, the, the script is so funny and, and like just sparkling with wit. It's a... That's a perfect movie. We we even get Marilyn Monroe in there at some point. 
It's just a great movie. Like a great choice, great movie. Again, that's when they actually used to recognize comedies. Fan, are you fan, fan, fan of all about Eve? Oh yeah, no arguments here. It's just, it's not my particular taste, but no arguments. It's a phenomenal movie. Uh, I'm gonna go with two, uh, another classic. But you know, I actually just rewatched it recently, just because. And Casablanca, I love that movie so much. It's perfect. Um, it really is. It's just, it is so tightly scripted and it's smart and it's so romantic. Um, obviously justice for Sam, because um, he's not even allowed to leave that piano, I think. But um, I love that movie so much. And look, obviously every, almost every line from it is indelible and it's worked its way into our vocabulary. Such um, an iconic movie. Oh, I can't, I, I could. I could I could talk about it forever. I love that movie. All right. So third slot, again, acknowledging this is all a bit subjective and it's recent. So certainly we don't have, you know, mind's eye, but I'm okay with that. Uh, Moonlight. I think Moonlight is, you know, before it won, not the kind of movie anyone ever thought could win Best Picture. Um, I think it, in its winning, it helped to really kind of change the tide, you know, save for Green Book, uh, really changed the tides for what kinds of movies could be Best Picture. I just, unforgettable movie. Like I probably, for whatever reason, just the scene of Marsha Lee, you know, out in the ocean with the young, um, young shy. It's one of that the pick, it's, beautifully it's shot beautiful. scenes. It is. I mean, I just, I think about it all the time for no particular reason. And I just, God, it's just a great movie. It's, you know, it's a movie that is about so much. And yet, you know, it's about, you know, the school to prison pipeline. It's about racism. It's about, you know, the the problem, you know, a problem with, you know, drugs and what it means to grow up in an unstable ch- uh, house. But yet it's not in any way, shape or form lecturing you or, you know, it's just, you know, woven into the narrative and those final two scenes between shy and his mother um who i believe is kimberly elise in that movie is are, that's just a heart heartbreaking scene but also the way that they're able to finally come together after all the pain of his childhood and then of course like the the scene with andre brower at the diner and it's just it's one of the most romantic scenes i think i've ever seen in a movie it's it's so good it's so Agreed. good Moonlight, 10 out of 10. Casablanca, 10 out of 10. Both phenomenal. All About Eve for me is like more like a 9, um, but just because it's it's not totally my thing. Um, as you can probably imagine, my list is very different from yours, Corey. No. <laughs> so I actually did rank them. My third spot goes to The Silence of the Lambs. 1991, Jonathan Demme. Won five Oscars, pretty much swept it that year. Hopkins, Foster, screenplay, director, best picture. Um, I actually think it was one of the last movies to take the top five, Phil. Uh, I, th- I think it was. It might last be the last movie. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Silence of the Lambs for me, um, huge, huge fan. I think it's beautifully directed, beautifully acted, and just a very compelling and interesting story. Um, it's not really about anything, like, issues-wise, but that's okay for me. I, it doesn't have to be, yeah. No, it doesn't I, it's, have to be. It's a, it's a great film. I mean, it's like, again, the rare genre film that, that takes it and it's, it's really, it's a really damn good movie. Yeah. My second spot is going to go to Godfather part two. Mm-hmm. I mean, I prefer two to one. Um, I love this stuff do. in Sicily with Robert De Niro. Um, whenever you can have Robert De Niro in a movie, have Robert De Niro in a movie. The flashback stuff is not my favorite, but okay. It, it, right. Having to say that's a prequel and the movie in itself, and all in one in one movie is it's a, it's a it's a flex. It's a flex. It's a lot, and I, I I like it. I like it. And my number one spot, and maybe this is strange to say, this is the best best picture winner. But I think it's I know my favorite. It's mm-hmm. No Country for Old Men. Oh, it's, never mind. It's legit, like my favorite movie ever made. I okay. Say more about this one. So I think it's something about the Coen brothers that just speaks to me. And what I love about all of their movies is the way that they just interweave humor into it. 
And when you rewatch this, this is actually quite funny at many moments, but it's never like an out and out comedy the way that like Fargo kind of really is or the way that the Big Lebowski is. And so it's a movie that's rewatchable. I can watch it over and over again. And it does have a lot of things that it's exploring in terms of getting old and aging. And the first time I watched this movie, when it ended, I was just like, the fuck just happened? <laughs> because it doesn't end where you expect. There's like this 25-minute coda after the main story wraps up where it's just Tommy Lee Jones talking. And so I kind of left it disappointed the first time I watched it, but then I revisited it like light bulb in my head. Oh, this is what the movie's actually about. And so when you can find new meaning after kind of multiple viewings of a movie, that's that's what I gravitate towards. And so No Country for Old Men is the one I've seen the most. I will watch it anytime. Um, and that matters to me. So that's my number one. I mean, I think you're missing one key piece of comedy in that movie, and that would be Javier Bardem's hairdo. Um, <laughs> it's a wow. It's a wow for all of us there. Javier Bardem's hairdo and when he breaks his arm in the car accident at the end and he's just like the kids are there and they're look at that fucking bone <laughs> you know so if I recall like the way he kills people like blowing air at them is that correct yes he blows a, it's, it's like the thing that they use <laughs> to kill um cattle so it just like shoots out a little metal thing and he does it right into their brain Good God. Any um, any honorable mentions? Things that were like tough for you to leave off? Yeah, the two that were like tough to leave off were The Deer Hunter and mm-hmm. Kramer versus Kramer. Those were the two that like, I really do love those movies and I considered if this was a top five, they'd be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but these three for me kind of stand above The Godfather Part 1 too, but eh, it's not interesting to have both Godfathers on there. I was going to ask what you want both on there. I I guess, yeah, some of the ones I left off, uh, two of them, as we've discussed before recording, I guess we could put in the problematic categories now, but I do think when I watch them pre-knowing what I know now, uh, Annie Hall, I think, is the seminal romantic comedy. It gave us Diane Keaton. Obviously, I, I was going to say how are you people, uh, Woody Allen. I think there's pretty much only one way to feel about Woody Allen right now. But that movie's just so, so funny and so good holds up and also another one in that category which is tougher tougher even me i don't know perhaps even tougher to say uh gone with the wind which i think for its time it's an incredibly beautifully shot epic it's again like like a casablanca so many of the phrases uh so much of it is it's seeped into our our pop culture for, for for good and for for not but um that when I first saw that movie, I, I remember really loving it. And it's one of those things that like helped me love um helped me really love films. All right. So we just went through our three favorite winners, but this was an episode all about how the Oscars got it wrong. So we need to finish on the three instances where the Oscars got it the most wrong, in our humble opinions. And we had to take into account here both the movie that won as well as our personal feelings about the movie that didn't win. So I got three. My first one, I'm taking away the King's Speech Oscar, which never should have won. I hate that movie. And I am giving that one to The Social Network, which is, I think, one of the two best movies of the 2010s. Many people would agree with you on that one. I like it. It's not, again, Aaron Sorkin. But no, that's a great, it's a, it's a, it's a great Fincher film. And The King's Speech, I don't know how, why, or where. Just there's, there's a lot of questions about that win. Yeah, a lot of questions, and I think that's David Fincher's best movie um, and the most palatable for Oscar folks. So I think that's where we should have given David Fincher his Oscar. My other one, I guess this would be second. Pulp Fiction is getting the Oscar in 1995, I guess. Yeah, 1995 over Forrest Gump because it's a much, much better movie than Forrest Gump. And Anything is a better movie than Forrest Gump. <laughs> Literally anything. I don't hate Forrest Gump the way that a lot of people do. Like, it's fine, but it's just not best picture. And Pulp Fiction was there. What the fuck? And although I want to, I really do want to applaud them for nominating Four Weddings and a Funeral, I will yeah. say. Great rom-com. Classic. So good. So good. So good. Good on them for that. And then my final one, I'm taking away the Oscar for Dances with Wolves. 
even though I do love Kevin Costner, but not Costner's best work. And Goodfellas was sitting right there. Scorsese's best movie. Uh, he should have gotten it way, way, way before The Departed. But I'm giving that one to Goodfellas. Those are my three. It's true. And yeah, I guess, I mean, obviously, just the sheer fact that The Godfather Part 3 was nominated is, I, there's really no words for that. <laughs> Awakenings, like, did not age well. Um, although Ghost, man, at least Whoopi won. That's that's some great work there. I really do love Ghost. Fucking Swayze, man. It's, 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 a, it's a damn good movie. And also one of those just like indelible in a uh, in pop culture but yeah uh kevin costner as quasi native american is really never going to work for us in no. in any stretch in any stretch i'd say field of dreams is better than that movie all right this is a tough one because i actually had a bunch so let's see i think for me the most obvious and i think this is pretty much agreed upon at this point is 2005 the idea that crash won any awards or was nominated um, and like you said, for another movie, Brokeback Mountain was sitting right there. Brokeback Mountain is an achievement. Um, just in, in being nominated, it's a beautiful, it, it's just, it's Brokeback Mountain. Like, I, I, what else can I really say about it? It's, it, it's shocking that Crash could have won anything. And I'd say actually that year also like Munich and one of Spielberg's, one of my favorite Spielberg movies, actually. I think it's mostly because of Eric Bana so hot in his sex scenes in that movie <laughs> but it's actually a really good tightly made um um thriller so god crash is so bad but that's broke back every i mean it's just agreed upon that that was just a, a complete mistake huge mistake yep. for me the biggest robbery and i bring this up all the time in the history of the oscars would be 2018 the green book winning over roma which again roma one of the greatest movies to me I've ever seen. I think it's like, it's rare you're watching a movie in every frame. You're like, this is a classic movie that people will hopefully watch forever. Obviously the idea that Green Book exists, the idea that Green Book could have possibly ever been nominated, nominated and then won Best Picture is so many questions there. Like, listen, that category is demented. We also have the Bohemian Rhapsody there. So what can one say? But uh, like you know, so many of the Black Panther, a great movie. Uh, Black Klansman, not Spike Lee's best, but a good movie. The way favorite than Green Book. The yeah, favorite, the fav favorite, so good. Stars Born, a really good movie. And you know, Vice was divisive. I actually liked Vice. I know many people didn't, but fucking Green Book. But anyways, Roma, one of the best movies ever nominated for an Oscar. So what was that? Why did that happen? I just don't get it. Um, Absolutely. Okay, so this is a hard, if I'm going to have to pick one more, I guess I would say I'm going to go right back, uh, right below 2018, 2017, The Shape of Water. Ugh. A lot here I loved. I would have personally given it to Call Me By Your Name. I think it is one of the more beautiful movies I've ever seen. I've, I've seen that movie so many times. I, even when it came out, I think I may have watched it like, five times um just in quick succession i think it's so good i think the performances are great it's it's beautiful i mean it's like such a beautiful movie it is um he oh it's so good and even there uh ladybird great movie and like great first film from greta Gerwig, who's shown to be a great director um and yeah. get out obviously i mean hello and dunkirk I'm not a big war movie person. I thought Dunkirk was fantastic. Dunkirk was fantastic. Phantom yeah. Thread, such a good movie. Like what? 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 What happened here? Shape of Water. Why? Why? That that's a tough year for me. So and you're then, officially giving it I to guess, Call Me by Your Name, though. I am, although I can hear your argument for Get Out. But Call Me by Your Name, I just think is like a real achievement in movie making. I have no arguments there. It is beautiful. Like one of the best coming of age stories ever. Yeah. And, I, you know, the thing with Dunkirk is like, that's Nolan when he's really good. But unfortunately, like then there's, you know, Nolan of Tenet. Um, and so you got you got to call like the guy. Tenet. You got to. Sure you do. Um, who could hear Tenet? You got to you got to commend that guy when he's actually doing good work. So we went through this exercise and we've corrected 
the ills of the Oscars. Now, granted, we don't feel great about this year as a whole because it's just not a great year for movies, but I'm glad that Moneyball now has Oscars because I love that movie. I'm glad, glad for you. And I'm glad that Melissa McCarthy has her, her Oscar. Yeah. And so next Oscar season, we'll come back and we'll probably do a couple other years where we'll, we'll remix some things all on kind mm-hmm. of anniversaries, 10 year, 20 year. I'll let Corey talk me into doing an older one. All right. So no, we're going to get out of here. depend on the year. Yeah. <laughs> very, very yeah. true. So we are going to get out of here. You can follow us on Instagram at Back Porch Media and on Twitter at Porchback Media. And you can follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, everybody. Corey, it was an absolute pleasure. See y'all.